Welcome to the Practice Purchased Podcast, where you'll learn everything you need to know to buy the perfect dental practice, all for free, and all in less than 20 minutes an episode. Learn more about your host, author, presenter, and coach to hundreds of successful dental practice buyers by visiting brianhanks.com. Welcome to Practice Purchase Season 1, Episode 15, How to Compare Two Dental Practice Loans and Make Sure You Pick the Best One. So, there you are. You've followed the ground rules. You've talked with a couple banks and you've got two bank proposals in front of you. What do you do? How do you know which bank proposal is the best one? So most dental practice buyers aren't loan ninjas. They can't compare, you know, so what they do in most cases is they compare on the only reasonable thing that makes sense to them, the rate. And if <laughs> if one bank has offered a loan at 5% and the second bank is offering 4.99, well, then the second bank has the clearly superior offer, right? Well, not so fast. All right, so the outline for this episode is to give you three things to compare, and I want to give you the relative weightings, okay? And then at the end of the episode, I'm going to give you three things that seem like they matter that you can probably ignore, okay? All right, so the three things to think about are going to, we're going to start with rate, okay? So, Principle number one, the three things to compare is that yes, you should be thinking about rate, but rate is important, but it matters less than you think. Okay, so if you do the math, you'll learn that rate is definitely important, but it is it is less important than you think, and here is how the math works, all right? It's not the only criteria you should use to make your decision. Um, for an easy example, I'm gonna use some easy math. Let's say a doctor is borrowing exactly $1 million. Okay, one, six zeros. They're gonna, this is going to fund their dental practice purchase, some working capital. The loan is a million dollars. And let's say that two lenders have made loan proposals. Okay, so bank A is offering a rate of 4.99% and bank B is offering 4.79. So bank B is offering a better rate, no doubt. But how much better is that in real dollars? Right, 4.99, 4.79 sounds big enough. And most buyers tell me, whoa. You know, that's big enough to get their attention. But if you look at the difference in the monthly payments, you'll notice, that, and let's assume a 10-year payback term, the payments on Bank A's loan will be $10,602, okay, $10,602. What would you guess Bank B's payments are going to be? Bank B's payment is $10,504, $10,504. So that's a difference of $98 a month, or Put differently, 0.0093% of the total loan payment, all right? <laughs> this is not the kind of money that is going to make or break your dental practice and your ability to pay back the loan. Now, don't get me wrong. All other things being equal, I'd prefer the $98 in my pocket instead of the bank's. But that's the thing is that all other things are never equal on practice loans. So payments are one thing, but what about the total interest payments? Wouldn't I save a bunch of money if I go for 4.79 instead of 4.99? Uh, yeah, you're going to save some money, but if the buyer paid the minimum monthly payments for all 120 months, the total interest that she would have paid over the life of Bank A's loan would be $272,200, right? $272,200. The interest paid on Bank B's loan would be $260,504. All right, that's a difference of $11,695. So that's that's real money, to be sure, but, but... Remember, that $11,695 is interest the bank is getting over a 10-year period. 
by the way, while constantly being eroded by inflation along the way. And it's on a million dollar loan. So when you see the math and the difference in the payments and the interest rates and, and the total interest paid, it makes a lot of buyers say, oh, okay. So what you're telling me is that there's more to it than just the interest rate. Yes, bingo. So I counsel my clients to weight the rate decision it's somewhere around 50% of the total decision. It's, it's important and it's, frankly, it's the most important piece, but it's not the only piece. All right. There, there's real dollars at stake. The banks are smart, but they know if they can get you to focus solely on the rate, you might miss other aspects of the loan that have some real dollars attached. So what makes up the other 50%? Well, the second biggest aspect to consider beyond rate is the fees. Okay, so the second thing I want you to compare are fees. So many banks will tack on various fees to dental practice loans, and they're always payable upfront, and they're tacked on to the loan balance. So a, a 1% fee used to be standard in the industry. I'd say those fees are starting to slowly come down. I'd estimate somewhere that the median fee charged to dental practice buyers is probably somewhere around a half a percent, 0.5%. But that fee percentage is calculated on the total amount being borrowed. So if we go back to our example of a million dollar loan, if both bank A and B were charging a full 1%, that's an additional $10,000 that's added to the balance of the loan. So if the average buyer is paying somewhere in the neighborhood of half a percent, should you expect to pay some fees? Not if you're my client <laughs> and not if you do it right, okay? So how much do I expect and recommend that you pay in fees? Zero, zilch, nada, nothing, okay? Most banks will waive the fees if they're pushed a little, all right? Sometimes, sometimes it makes sense to pay some fees, but in most cases, the timing of the deal is such that a lot of times you're locking down the loan um, months ahead of the actual closing date. And it can make sense for a bank to charge uh, what's called a rate lock fee, and, and typically that's just a few hundred bucks. What they're saying is, hey, interest rates could change in the next four months until, you know, between today and when you close on the loan. Let's protect the bank in case the Federal Reserve unexpectedly changes interest rates or the bond market goes crazy. And to be frank, I don't really have a problem with those fees. I think it's probably worth a few hundred bucks to know with certainty what your loan rate is going to be months ahead of the actual closing date. But don't be the doctor who misses out on the fees and goes just for the rate. So just ask for both. Ask for the very best rates and ask for the fees to be waived. Okay, it can't hurt to ask. Uh, a quick note, why do banks even charge fees in the first place? Aren't, <laughs> aren't they earning enough interest on the backs of you poor, hardworking, student loan-strapped dentists? Well, there's two reasons they charge fees. First, remember, the interest that the bank is getting is spread out over time. By charging fees, it allows bank to banks to collect some reward upfront for taking on the risk of loaning you money. Second, and this is the trickier one, I think some banks charge fees because they know buyers get so fixated on rate, they don't realize it's a worse deal. They don't realize that they're paying 1% in fees and then they're getting a 0.1% lower rate and not coming out ahead. The banks are savvy. It's marketing, it's psychology, and they know that lowering the interest rate and raising the fees allows that doctor to go brag on social media about their awesome low rate while conveniently leaving out the fact that they got gouged on fees. Okay, so I counsel my clients to think about fees as something like 30% of the total decision, right? So rate 50, 
fees, 30, that leaves 20% of the total decision for the last meaningful point of comparison, the process. Okay, so the third thing I want you to compare the banks on overall is the process, including the closing process. All right, so this is, you know, this last factor is typically underweighted by dentists making a decision between banks and the overall process of working with them. And so what do I mean by process? Well, I think you should evaluate the bank and their process in three areas, right? The application, the closing of the loan, and then working together after the loan is in place. And the application process is a pretty good indicator of the overall process of working with a particular bank. So think about the following questions as you think about your application process with a bank, right? Are you talking with one point of contact or multiple people? Do they all know what's going on with you? Is there good communication? How was the process of submitting documents? Was it painless? Was it understandable? Did the salesperson banker prepare you appropriately for your call with the underwriter? How quickly were you able to get a proposal? Did the banker carefully explain everything in your proposal? Did anything get left out in the discussion, right? These types, answering these questions honestly, is gonna be a pretty good indicator of how the closing process is gonna go and how working with that bank is gonna go after you close on the practice. So that closing process, that's a tricky thing for you to know ahead of time, right? In theory, you're only gonna close once on a practice loan. So I'll just say, it's important because handled smoothly, a good closing process means that your practice is gonna close on time and the seller is gonna get a lot of money when they're expecting it. If the closing process is handled poorly, the office schedule can get messed up, the seller gets anxious, you're out of work for a few extra days or even weeks longer than it was expected. So knowing how the, the closing process will go, is it's kinda of tough ahead of time, so you're gonna to need to rely on your team, your accountant, your attorney, other people, to fill you in on how closings with your particular bank typically go. So ask them if the closing conditions are, you know, are, are things clear ahead of time? Um, and then ask, and this would be, in my opinion, least important, I would ask other dentists how their closing process went with the banks you're considering. But remember, the ones who had a negative experience, they're gonna be the first ones to speak up. That's gonna skew your view. Okay. Um, I do recommend you think about and ask about what working with this bank would be like after closing, right? This is a potentially 10-year partnership with a company. Think about the communication. Think about the requirements that they're going to have for you specifically. Um, if you had a hard time communicating with the sales team, <laughs> imagine how much more difficult it's going to be to get answers and help from the support team who don't have the same customer service requirements as, as a sales team. Um, I, you know, I do recommend basing your decision on which loan to choose on how the lender will service the loan. These are called the requirements after closing. And the requirements after closing is a hidden gem most dentists miss when comparing the uh, dental practice loans. So many banks will throw in various requirements like they're no big deal. Sometimes I'll see them comment on them to, buy, to the buyer and the buyer will be shocked as if I'm the first one to say something. I'll say something like, um, sometimes these requirements will sound like, you must use our checking account as your primary business account, or you must use our merchant services product, regardless of our fees on credit card swipes, <laughs> or you must send us monthly financial statements, right? Um, if I were a bank and I lent you a million dollars, well, yeah, I'd hope you use my checking account. I'd hope you use my merchant services and other products. 
Uh, but my personal belief, Brian's belief, is that the bank should earn that business from you, not require you to use possibly overpriced services. Okay, so stepping back for a moment, consider the impact of a bank's process. It's important. And in my opinion, it should be something like 20% of the total decision. Okay, so rate, 50%, fees, something like 30 and then the process process aspects that we talked about here would be the least important, but still something worth considering at 20%. All three aspects should definitely be on the table. Now, there's some elements that will be on your loan documents that frankly just don't matter very much, okay? I'm going to mention three below that seem like they matter. But before I get to that, it's really helpful in dental practice loans to actually see the math, okay? To put the numbers in, see what the interest calculated is going to be, and to that end, I created a loan comparison tool. It is available as one of the tools you get in the Practice Purchase Blueprint, the online course I created for buying a dental practice. Uh, you can check that out. It is available as part of the course at practicepurchaseblueprint.com. That's practicepurchaseblueprint, no spaces, .com. And if you use the code PODCAST, you'll get $100 off your order. Okay, so here are the three factors that you can completely ignore, or at least underweight when you're comparing two dental practice loans. And these three points come up a lot when I'm working with buyers. Um, and to be frank, they rarely make the difference in a loan decision. A lot of times they come up because the various bankers they're talking with are searching for ways to differentiate their loan option relative to another bank's. And they're trying to push some of these points that I'm going to talk about. And hey, listen, if I were a bank salesperson, I'd do the same thing, right? I would find something that is where if numbers are close, you know, I'd look for some of these qualitative aspects so that the buyer leans my way. All right, so here are the three most common elements of practice loans that probably don't matter, all right? They are the prepayment penalty, the life and disability requirements, and the relationship. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the prepayment penalty first. Every dental acquisition loan that I've seen has a prepayment penalty. The most common version you're going to see is a 54321. Okay, so that's where in the first year of the loan, if you walk across the street to a competitor bank and refinance your entire practice loan, you'll be hit with a penalty of 5% of the loan balance. If you do that in year two, the penalty is 4% and so on. Okay, there are other common versions of this penalty. I see a 321 occasionally, that's 3% in the first year, 2% in the second year. Occasionally, I'll see an XX321, and the Xs mean that you can't refinance the practice loan in the first two years. And so what happens is if one bank has a five-year prepayment penalty on a loan and another bank has a three-year prepayment penalty, you know, wouldn't bank number two be a better choice? And my argument is, eh, not really. Okay, and, and my argument is twofold. First, prepayment doesn't mean that you can't get ahead of your loan and pay it down a little over time. You want to make an extra payment every 12 months? Green light, go for it. You, want, you have an extra $1,000 you want to throw at the principal of your practice loan? Go for it. The penalty doesn't apply to these cases. The penalty is just a protection against you walking across the street to a competitor and refinancing the entire thing. The second reason that I think prepayment penalties are overrated is that most dentists are extremely unlikely to pay off their practice loan in the first five years of ownership. Hey, I'm as debt averse as you are. I love having the flexibility to make oodles of money and pay it down. Once you see the actual financial planning and the tax work that you're going to need, a lot of dentists are looking for 
the, the interest deductions on those loans and uh, what happens is other priorities take place, okay? Let's talk about the second thing in dental loans that probably doesn't matter and those are the life and disability insurance requirements. Uh, so it's, it's extremely common for a bank loaning you gigantic sums of money with no collateral beyond your dental school diploma to protect against disaster. And for a bank, disaster means, you know, typically takes the form of some physical disability, sometimes death. So some banks will require you to buy, pay for, and then collaterally assign to them life and disability insurance. So that means if you die or get disabled, the bank gets the money first and any beneficiaries after that get paid second. So naturally, some banks will compete on this point. They'll say, hey, we don't require that you have the policies or we don't require that you collaterally assign them. We just want to see you have them. Here's why I don't think this is that big a deal. You should have life and disability insurance anyway, okay? Uh, you should have it and the bank, you, if you don't think the bank's going to get paid first, um, you don't understand our legal system, all right? A 10-year term life insurance policy is dirt cheap. And a business loan protection rider on an overhead disability policy, which is what I recommend in most cases, isn't much more expensive either, okay? It's going to be more expensive, but certainly cheaper than the, um, the disability you got right out of dental school. You should have them both. If the worst happens, you better believe the bank's going to get paid first. So in my opinion, these requirements don't make much of a difference for a borrower trying to decide between two banks. Okay, here's the last point. It's a little bit of a pet peeve of mine, but is that it's the relationship, okay? And I'm using air quotes here because the relationship the bank talks about isn't a real thing, okay? I'll get a lot of calls from bankers who want me to refer business to them, and I ask them what's different. And the most common answer I get is, well, we try to win business by having the best relationship with our clients. What does that even mean? <laughs> I'm still waiting for a banker to answer that question with, you know what, Brian? I get the best rate and I get the fees as low as I possibly can. <laughs> that would get my attention, okay? I haven't heard that answer yet. So what, what having a relationship means usually means like they try to understand your goals and make sure you get into the right practice and those things. Well, guess what? I haven't ever seen a banker say, you know what? This practice isn't right for you. Or I haven't heard a bank banker say, I'm going to give you a really high rate because I don't think you should be in this practice. I'm sure it happens. I just haven't seen it. So the relationship the bank talks about, I mean, can it be important? Is the process important? Yes. Is the Ultimately, though, this is a transaction. The fact of the matter is dentists are considered the small, safest small business loan on the planet. Supply exceeds demand in loans, right? So that means there are more bankers willing to hand out practice loans than there are dentists who want them. So I wouldn't let the relationship steer me. So, and, and I would just keep in mind the three things that do matter, rate, fees, and process. And I would ignore the three things that probably don't matter, the prepayment penalty, life and disability requirements, and the relationship. All right, this is a notorious area for questions to pop up. If you're in the process, you're looking at two loan proposals, you need help navigating the process, or you just want to know who the right bankers are to make sure this process goes smoothly for you, um, let me know. I'm happy to send you to the right bankers in your area. Uh, Brian at brianhanks.com. Send me an email. I'll respond directly. Happy to do it. Um, I really appreciate you listening. If you don't mind and you think this content is helpful, I would really appreciate it if you would um, rate and leave a review for the show in iTunes. It really helps other dentists find this helpful content, and I would very much appreciate it. Thanks for listening. We'll talk, you on the, talk with you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Practice Purchased Podcast.
For more information about Brian's best-selling book, How to Buy a Dental Practice, or about the Practice Purchase Blueprint course, visit brianhanks.com.